0: Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in community. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you and to hear your word proclaimed. So God, as we listen, as we all listen, help us to hear your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, I hate, and I know I really shouldn't use that word. Hate is one of those words that you just don't want to throw around because of what it connotates. But I hate remote controls. I hate them. There are so many buttons and there, there there's so much things that are on there that you just don't know how to use them except if you take time to read that, that book that's usually about five to 600 pages long that tells you what every single button on that remote control does. And I know that if you spent time reading the little book, that you would be accustomed to the different little features and everything that the remote does that helps you have a much better viewing experience see, I, I am what you call a, a button pusher. Not, not in the, that way, but, you know, when, when the remote control doesn't work or the TV doesn't work, I just start pushing buttons and see what's going on. Used to drive my mother-in-law nuts. She would call me over because she was having problems with the television, and I would grab her remote control, and I would just start pushing things on the remote, and it would start to work, and I would hand her the remote, and she would look, well, Chris, what did you do? I don't know. I just just pushing buttons. But I think sometimes we treat our spiritual lives like that too, don't we? We we open up the Bible and we just kind of go through and we pick and choose what we want to read, or we or we pick and choose those those favorite verses, and we tend to just ignore everything else because it really doesn't mean that much to me, does it? Only those those life verses or, or those those specific things that, that I've dealt with all of my life, those are the verses that really matter. See, so that's not a new thing. That's something that has happened way, way, way back. Even one of our presidents, Thomas Jefferson, was known to have his own Bible, the Thomas Jefferson Bible. If you look this up, you can see where he would take the scriptures and he would take a, a razor blade and he would cut out all of the parts of the Bible that he just didn't agree with or he thought weren't necessary. Now he was a very, he was very much a moralist and he really liked all of, of Jesus's moral teachings. Didn't want anything to do with Jesus's miracles. He, he thought Paul was foolish. He didn't want to even have anything in there about the resurrection. Because he thought that all of that stuff just took away from the moral teachings of Jesus. And for him, that's what was important. And I sat there and I thought about that whenever I I first heard about this a a long time ago. I was like, boy, that just really shortchanges the entire word, doesn't it? That really shortchanges us who Jesus is and our relationship with God. See, having that entire picture of Scripture allows us to fall in love with, with this Bible or fall in love with the words that are in here, even though there's stuff in here that we may not all agree about or maybe stuff that when we read we, we get touchy because it, it really doesn't really seem like it should be in Scripture. But when we look at the whole book, we can see how our relationship with God comes into play. We're continuing our uh, sermon series. Actually, this is the last Sunday that we're going to be in 2 Timothy. So I invite you to follow along as we hear the word of God from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Hear the word of the Lord. But you must continue with the things you have learned And found convincing. You know who taught you. Since childhood you have known the holy scriptures that help you to be wise in a way that leads to salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character. So that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything That is good. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, we have a little section in this passage that that causes problems when we look at the Bible as a whole. And that's that little phrase that says that every scripture is inspired by God. Other translations, if you look at the Greek, it says that every scripture is god breathe. Now, this can come into a, a debate where we can talk about inerrancy or, or inspiration or other words that talk about that. But I think the, the, the gist of the whole conversation circles around if the Bible is true. Is the Bible true for my life? Is the Bible true for your life? And and that even sounds kind of vague, doesn't it? Is the Bible true? I had a conversation once with another pastor at a Starbucks several years ago. We were sitting around talking, and he heard I was a United Methodist, and he went like that. And he said, well, I have a question for you. And I said, yeah, sure, go for it. He said, well, do you believe that the Bible is true? And I kind of looked at him with a inquisitive look on my face and says, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, do you believe that the stuff that's in the Bible, do you believe that it happened? Well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, it, 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 all the stuff that happened in the Bible happened, like, over there, over in, in the Middle East, where, you know, Israel and all that stuff, do you believe that it happened over there? we like, Well, yeah, of course I believed it happened over there. I mean, I went on a Holy Land tour, and I had the opportunity to walk up the steps of the temple uh, mount that was there that was uncovered, you know, showing from the first century when we know that Jesus walked up those stairs. You know, we went and saw the traditional sites where he did the Sermon on the Mount, where he gave the, the, the Lord's Prayer, all of those different things. So, yeah, I believe it was true, and he was fine with that. But for me... If I'm really thinking about Scripture and understanding if it's true and if it's inspired by God, then I believe what it does, it's supposed to help us have an encounter with the risen Christ. It helps us to connect. It helps us to be in relationship with the one who created us. Now there's there are some issues with scripture. Now I'm not saying that the issues aren't with scripture. The issue is with us. Because we come to scripture with our own lenses, with our own ideas about what this book has to say. I kind of think about Paul shares with this in the 13th chapter of of 1 Corinthians when he says that we now only see a reflection as in a mirror, that we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. See, I think the inspiration of Scripture we, we try as hard as we can to understand what God's word means for us here and now. But we will understand what God's word means truly once we are with our creator. Once we pass on this life and we are with God and we can fully understand exactly what God means. It all has to do with authority. Authority is another one of those big words that gets thrown around and the United Methodist Church really stands on the authority of the Bible. Our, our standards affirm that the Bible is the source of all that is necessary and sufficient unto salvation. And it is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule of guide for faith and practice. That's kind of a big thing to unpack, isn't it? That everything that is in Scripture is what we need for our salvation. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is there so that we can learn about who God is and whose we are as God's children. See, I believe that if we dig into Scripture, we will see both a human and divine nature of Scripture. Let me say that again. When we dig into Scripture, we see both a human and divine nature of Scripture. The human side's easy to see, isn't it? All we have to do is go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. And we see that Adam and Eve and the story of the garden where, where they were tempted and they took a bite of the apple and they became knowledgeable of what good and evil was. Moving on, we see the murder between Cain and Abel. And then moving on, we see Abraham. We see him lying to, to protect his, his family. And it goes on and on and on. The human nature of Scripture that if we're honest with ourselves, we can see stuff like that in our own lives, can't we? We can see how our human nature gets in the way of what God has originally intended for us to help us grow as his daughters and sons. Let's see if we dig into scripture more. We see the divine nature of that too. We see stories of grace. We see stories of mercy. We see stories of repentance. And how all of that brings us back into relationship with the one who created us. See, when we dig into God's word, we can see that the Bible is really our story. Everything that is contained in there, the good, the bad, the ugly, is a part of our story. And how, when we spend time in Scripture we are then able to continue to have encounters with our God. So how do we use these encounters? Well, first, is, as Second Timothy says, that the Bible is good for teaching. The Bible is good for teaching. There is nowhere else in the world that we have a full account of what Jesus taught. In order to get Jesus's words we have to go to the gospels don't we You know I think Thomas Jefferson had it right by looking at the moral teachings of Jesus to see how we can use those to help us move through our lives but Thomas Jefferson had it wrong denying the 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 miracles and the wonders that Jesus Jesus did during those times see it's that full picture together that allows us as followers of Jesus Christ to move forward and help us to love God and to love our neighbors. Timothy continues on and he says that the scripture is useful for showing mistakes and correcting. And I think one of the things that we have to be careful of is that it's not so that we can can, uh, show mistakes and correcting other people. But when we look at scriptures, it helps us to see our mistakes and see how we can be corrected so that we can live a life that is full. We're not supposed to use scripture as a tool to find faults in others, but we are to use scripture to help convince us of the errors of our ways so that we may then Walk the path that God has called us to walk. I think scripture can also be used for conversion, too. William Barclay, who is a theologian, he tells a story about a, a Bible salesman who was out walking and selling Bibles in a, in a location, and he came across a robber who was upset that he was in his territory. And the robbers set up this bonfire, and he said he wanted him to throw away all of his books into the bonfire. But the Bible salesman said, well, how about if I were to find different things in these books that could help bring about good in the world? If I shared those with you, could we save these books? And the thief thought and said, yeah, I, I guess that'll be okay. So he pulls out the first book, and he opens it up to the 23rd Psalm. And he reads, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the thief looks at him and goes, okay, I, I guess that one's okay. You can, you can keep that one. And he opens up another Bible, and he opens up to the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts reading the blessed, blessed are those. And the guy says, ah, I, I think that one's okay, too. And he opens up to the love chapter in First Corinthians 13, and he reads that and says, I, I think that one's okay, just so all of these Bibles get saved because of the words that were coming from this Bible salesman. And after this incident was over, the, the thief took one of those Bibles and walked away, and later he had a chance to meet the Bible salesman again, and the thief actually became a Christian minister. And it was because of the opportunity he had to dig into God's Word and to see himself through the passages of Scripture that made a conversion in his life so that he could become a follower of Jesus. 2 Timothy also reminds us that Scripture is used for training character. I still remember different exercises that I learned uh, in, in Bible classes in Sunday school of how to grow up and how to use different scriptures in my life to help me grow to be the person that I am today. One of those passages that still sticks into my mind is Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14, where we read that as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion— Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with one another. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord God forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. To those words, whenever I read them, they remind me of a time where I would spend time as I would get up in the morning and I would get dressed. I would put on an article of clothing and I would remind myself that I was putting on compassion. I would put on another article of clothing. I was putting on uh, kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And then it would get to the time where I would slowly put on the next thing whenever I realized that I must forgive others. And then I would remember that first and foremost, that love is what keeps us moving forward as followers of Christ. See, those are ways that we are able to remember how Scripture can help guide us and lead us and train our characters so that we can be the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. See, when we take Scripture as a whole— It equips us to do everything that is good. I hate it when I see people use Scripture and become selfish. I hate it whenever I see people use Scripture as a way to put down others, to make others feel like they are not ones in whom Christ dwells and who lives in Christ. God's unshakable kingdom. But we should always be open to what God has for us in Scriptures, even when we get to those verses that we don't like, because God can use those moments to help us see His love, His grace, and His mercy. Let us pray. Oh, God, you have given us your word. And Lord, sometimes when we read it, we don't like it. We have issues with the way that some of the words are put together. But God, that's not your fault. It's ours. As we look through our own human nature, we see how we are flawed and how we are in need of a loving Savior and a loving God. So God, as we find ways to grow in our relationship with you, as we find ways to become connected to your word, and to make your story our story, guide us and use us to be messengers of your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.